Welcome to Become an Idol. I'm Dr. Robin Sargent, owner of Idol Courses. This is the place where newbies come to learn and veterans share their knowledge. I have here with me today a special guest, Murray Gray, and he is the co-founder of a new platform called Experienceify. It's a learning management system and it's gamified and you can sell digital course products on it. But I just know beyond being a learning management system co-founder that Murray has so much to share with us as new instructional designers or even those that are thinking about adding any type of gamification or motivating your learners to completion. And so, Murray, would you do a better job of introducing <laughs> yourself? Well, who could, no one really likes to introduce themselves. I mean, some, I mean, some people really love it, but for me, I'm a, I'm a software guy. I love building platforms and my happy place is just in creating great software solutions to help business owners get more out of their business so they can help more people out in the world and make a bigger impact. So I am the co-founder of Experienceify with my brilliant partner in life and business, Marisa Murgatroyd. Our other company is Live Your Message. And I guess it's it's thanks to everything we've learned in Live Your Message that has led to the creation of a platform. So if you like, I can I can give you a little bit of like how we got here, just to give you a bit of uh, I guess understanding of of what led us to develop this platform and what it really is. So and that will I, I guess help folks who are listening understand what we're doing that's different and why it's important if you're just getting into courses if you're just thinking about how can i have a course how can i have students how can i leverage my time and my expertise to help more people at once this is a great way to do it with with courses but most people don't do courses in the right way and let me explain what i mean and to explain basically let me take you back to 2000 and i think 11 when we started our other company live your message and we started releasing courses just like everybody does. We heard courses were a great way to leverage time, leverage our amount of work we're putting in just to help more people and make more money by getting in hundreds of students at the same time. So we started putting out courses. And what we noticed pretty quickly was that our student completion rate was fairly low. Like it was less than 10%. Some courses were like 6% completion. Some courses were 3% for the longer courses. Some were 5%. And that was not honestly something that we expected to see because you think when people are paying you money, they're going to finish the course they buy from you because they're investing their hard-earned dollars to get a result. But the thing we discovered organically was that even it doesn't really even depend on the, the price of the course. Anything from high ticket to very low ticket, there's a similar rate of abandonment among students or among people that the, the people that buy courses. And we were like, is this, we were wondering if it was just us, we were doing something wrong. So we checked with our colleagues, our contemporary, our people that are in our industry. We, we asked a lot of people and everyone we talked to had similar rates of abandonment of students. Like a huge amount of students were buying it. Some never even logging in. Some doing a few trainings and then sort of trailing off and then not coming back. And for us in our business, it led to higher refunds than we liked. I mean, a lot of refunds because people weren't consuming it. And if you, let's say, you go to a restaurant and you don't eat the first 
the, the meal, you're not going to really come back and buy from restaurant again, or you're probably going to walk out and, and ask for a refund because you didn't like the meal. So we're getting a higher refunds. And the biggest problem we found was that we depend on our students getting results. We want to get our students results so that they want to come back to buy from us again. Because as we all know, as business owners, the second and, and follow-on sales are sometimes up to 16 times more profitable than the first sale because you've got all that marketing and traffic and advertising expense wrapped up in attracting the first-time buyer. So there's a lot of expenses in that first-time buyer. But once you have them and once they love you and once they want to become a customer for life, that second, third, fourth, fifth sale, they're so much more profitable. As I said, up to 16 times more profitable, but you don't have all the upfront expense to attract them. So we were looking at our course results and seeing so many students drop off and, and never buy from us again and we realized that was really killing our profit. That was really, our business had become reliant upon first-time customers. Yeah. Like so many people's businesses are, and they don't really even know it, or they haven't identified that, or they haven't dug into the numbers and realized that's what's going on. They're having to work really, 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 really hard to attract all these first-time customers, but they don't come back to buy from you again. So you're continuing to to, to run on the treadmill to keep attracting those first-time customers because that's how you keep the lights on. And I'm sure that a lot of people listening to this are, are like, I relate to that because that's where we were in our business. We were, we were working almost 24-7, exhausted all the time, trying to keep the lights on because we were dependent on those first-time customers because our courses weren't converting, weren't getting results for as many students as we wanted. So that's where we found ourselves back in 2011 through 2014. That's the problem. When you create courses that are done in the traditional way, and that when I say traditional way, it's the way that most people teach, which is you just create content and put it out there and people pay for it. And then Bob's your uncle, you've got a thriving course business. And the newsflash that hit us was that it's, it's not as simple as that. So how's all that landing so far? Do you relate to that? Yes. Yes. I totally <laughs> relate to that, but I'm actually feeling pretty good because I've seen some of my completion rates be at like 50, 60% and that like bothers me. And it's yeah. people that don't even log in to do the thing that just like blows my mind. Mm -hmm. So, but yes, but early, in the early stages and I've seen it over and over again too, where they do like a content dump or they'll do a video, a quiz, and they just go on and on and on and on. And that, just like you said, it's, it's all, it's all about the results. And so absolutely. I'm, I'm hundred percent with you where you're going. So you saw the problem yeah. you saw the issue with the first time buyers. They're more expensive than repeat buyers. So, so yeah, we ended up finding the solution in the most bizarre places. And we were, I think it was the summer of the summer of 2000 and 16, if I could, if I wanted to put a number on it, we, Marisa and I were uh, on, on vacation in Rome, in Italy. And we were walking home from dinner one night in one of the suburbs. And we were, we turned down a dark alley and we had to take a shortcut home. And then we heard a scuffling in the, in the shadows, in the side of the alley. And we were like, we froze. We're thinking that we're about to die. We're about to get mugged or something terrible is about to happen. And we're like, just still as anything in the in the in this alley and then i my eyes adjust to the darkness and i see it's two people it's a couple 
that are hunched over their phones. They're, they're look, both looking at their phones. And as I stared at them, I realized what was happening. And I sort of set out into the darkness toward them. I said, Pokemon. And they laughed and they took off down the alley in search of these little Pokemon creatures. And that was the summer when Pokemon took over the world, Pokemon Go took over the world. And you saw those videos of thousands of people stampeding across Central Park and thousands of people on the beach in Santa Monica looking for these, these rare Pokemon monsters. And Marisa doesn't really follow pop culture. She's, she's sort of head down content creator. So I mansplained the whole Pokemon Go thing to her and she was just flabbergasted. She was like, my mind is just blowing, blown right now because we have thousands, look at all these people on this video, thousands of people who are dedicating their time and getting out of the house and running around and chasing these little digital things that don't even exist. How? And she was like, but yet I'm selling this life-changing content over here in my course and I can't get people to complete it. I can't get people to, to even like be interested in logging in, but yet they're over here doing this thing, crazy thing. It's not really going to improve their lives really at the end of the day. So what are they doing that we're not doing? How are they getting all these people so engaged and motivated and excited about taking action, but we struggle over here in the course industry, in the, in the online entrepreneurial industry where we're releasing courses and we can't get people to log in, to, to take action, to complete the thing, to get results, to implement what they are paying us to, to get access to and what they really most want in their lives. They want to solve problems that are challenging for them, but yet they'll spend hours stuck to their screens, but not do a similar thing over here. So we, we spent, long story short, we spent six months digging into like what these people were doing, what Silicon Valley was doing, what the game and app makers were doing, what industries like the gaming and gambling industry, what, how are they getting all these people so enslaved and addicted to these things? And how can we learn from what they're doing so that we can use similar tools in an ethical way to help give people the resources to dedicate to changing their lives? And that's important because your students are coming to you with a problem. They're coming to you to have to, to get a result in their lives, to get a solution to a problem or to solve something that is challenging for them. And our opinion or our belief is that you have a responsibility as a course creator, as someone who's selling someone a solution to use every tool at your disposal to help that person get the result in their life that they're paying you for. Yeah. And I'm not sure if that resonates, but that certainly is a belief that we hold here. And so that's why we were like, we're going to take all of the stuff that we can with that we can identify and, and, and sort of deconstruct and figure out what they're doing. We're going to take it. We're going to apply it to not just our information, because most courses are just dumps of information that really demotivate people. They really make people turn them off and, and demotivate them and make them want to go and chase Pokemon rather than sort of spend days reading through or watching talking head videos. So we were like, how can we apply everything we're learning to a course? How can we apply all of these techniques and tools that are being used on us by these companies? How can we repurpose them so that they work for us for our students to enable them to resource them to get the results that they most want in their lives so really that led us to develop a whole methodology around how to take information 
that none of us here on watching this this recording, none of us have any problem creating content or just tapping into whatever you want to call it and creating something that will help people. How do you take what it is that you produce and how do you wrap it in the right kind of experience? And that's important, the word experience here. How do you wrap it in the right experience so that people are going to want to take action and want to put it to use and implement it and and complete the and complete the, the course they're buying. How do you take everything from over here, and how do you how do you, how do you deploy it over here so you can get similar results? So really, that led us to a whole methodology around curriculum design and how to create the right kind of course content to get people excited about taking content and seeing that and getting a change in their lives. And for me, for me personally, it led down a whole other road of how do I implement software to facilitate this whole process? How do we, how do I build a software platform that does, that creates a similar experience that the app and the game makers are creating? That's more gamified. That's more experiential. That creates the kind of experience that people are excited by that they want to come back to. So fast forward to today. And that's really what brought us here. And that's what I'm doing with my time is I'm creating this platform so that, People who take courses want to complete them and get results. Oh my gosh. I mean, I don't even know that I said it yet, but I just have to tell the people listening that I love your platform. I am obsessed with it and I am trying everything I can to mimic it on my own because I was, I actually met Murray because. The whole reason we started conversation is because I wanted to move my entire, all my courses and my entire program to his platform because there are Easter eggs. You get points for tracking actions, which just like you said, the only way they get a transformation is if they implement and take action and which is I'm diehard about it in my program. So you can like track actions and you get points and there's Easter eggs that pop up and there's like countdown timers and there's. Um, you always get like the big mission at the front as part of the way that you built your software. And there's so many other like small things. I'm sure that you probably could go into some of your features, Murray, that I was just like, oh my gosh, it takes all the best principles of gamification. And just like you said, it allows you to create a real experience that you wrap things in. Because we know that people are motivated by mastery, by mastering small things. And if they can just like, get a little reward for even taking that action to get mm. that small mastery, like even better mm. on what you've done for them. And then of course, I've noticed even in my own course that it has no gamification on it. It has like a progress bar. Students will, before I change this, they would get mad because we would keep adding like new workshops or whatever. And so their progress would shrink and they'd be like, you've messed with my progress bar. Now I'm only mm. at you know, 40% or whatever. Yeah. And so that actually kind of led me down the road to find experience at five. So yeah, do you want to talk about, obviously, so you built the software, you have the platform. How did you narrow it down to the things that you do have as far as your features or like, what did you really think about as far as learning experience and kind of that whole design thinking work just take us mm. down the rabbit hole a little bit great question uh thank, and thank you for saying all that it's uh it's lovely of you to say that 
I think that the one important difference between us and other software companies is that the, the other software companies, and I'm not going to name any names, but the other software companies are kind of driven more by programmers or internal project teams that kind of are driven by, I guess, customer suggestions or, or driven by other agendas. And they're not really driven by a vision for what, what is possible when it comes to this, all of this stuff. We developed this platform initially in-house for, for Live Your Message. So we were creating features as we were rolling out our courses to test them. So we would roll out a feature and we would test it on the launch of one of our products. And we would see if it, if it had any positive impact on the amount of students completing. And that's how we, we basically came up and visioned all of our features. We were testing them in real time on our students as they enrolled in the courses and as they took action. And our platform is driven 100% by hard research data and by actually using it in our own business. So that's the difference here. We are literally, we, we have probably 100,000 students in, in Libre Message and we're always testing new stuff in a platform. And that's how really how we come up with our future ideas. I come up with an idea and I go to Marisa and say, what do you think about this? She says, I love it. And we go and implement it. And then we see what happens. So the features are informed by real world needs of our students. So really, that's, that's really what drives us. And that's really what I think what makes us different to other software platforms. So just about your background, Maria, I mean, you just started like building your own platform. I mean, is that before you were, you know, a course creator, do you have experience with that? Or you're just like, I'll figure it out. I'm a geek from, I guess, by, by trade. I'm a computer science guy. So I've always been involved in the world of software. And when Marisa and I met, when we got together as a, as a couple, we also started working together in the business. So we've been life partners and business partners since day one, which is unusual, fairly unusual for, for couples. And I kind of turned my problem-solving computer science brain to that business to try and solve the problems we were having. And I've always been a platform builder. So it was natural for me to think about, well, we're seeing this problem in our business. How can I solve it with software? So that's what led us down this rabbit hole of, first of all, we built it in-house as a tool that only we were using and then we got enough students asking us to use it as we were testing. And as we, were, as we had more and more students joining, they would ask us, can we use your software because we love it so much? And for years, we had to say, no, it's, it's not meant for the general public, unfortunately. And eventually, I got the broad idea that probably I should release it as a, a, its own standalone product so that other people could benefit from it and their students could benefit from it as well. And now we have Experienceify. And so what are some of the things, I mean, I know obviously like, your platform gives people, it wraps it in an experience using your words. And I think that's a great way to kind of express it. But when you give advice to people who are thinking about designing their first digital course product mm. beyond, I mean, obviously like gamify it. But what, yeah. are some of those, <laughs> what are some of those tips that you, mm. Marie, that kind of based on other best practices? I think the, the first tip I want to mention is not really software or platform-based. It's more of a, a strategy or a, or, a, or a course design or curriculum suggestion. And the biggest mistake that beginner course creators make is they try to create what we call a kitchen sink course. And that is the course that tries to solve every problem that their student might have. And we did that. We made the same mistake. Our first course was called Message to Money. And it was a 
I think it was like a 12-week course, and we went through every kind of problem that someone could have while as they were building and launching an online business. It was branding, it was marketing, it was paid traffic, it was website design. I mean, you name it, we had it in that course. And as a result, it was overwhelming for people. They would log on, they would see all the content, and they'll be like, nope, I'm going to get back to this later. And that is the phrase or the sentiment that really is the death knell for the course or for the students. Soon as somebody says, I'm going to come back to this later, maybe on the weekend, that is the moment when they opt out never to come back. So my first suggestion to beginner course creators, as you create your first course or your next course, is that you want to think about what is the smallest valuable problem the SVP that you can solve for your students. So if you take a problem, can you carve out a smaller problem? Can you carve out a smaller problem? What is the smallest thing that you can solve that's valuable to your customer that they'll pay money to have solved? Maybe it's just a five-day course. Maybe it's just a two-week course. The advantage of that is you get them so much more likely to finish it because it's one focused problem that they're solving. It's not 63 problems they're solving. It's one. So you can very easily get them, to get them to the end of that course. And what happens when they get to the end of that course? Well, surprise, you get to sell them another course. And they're much more likely to upgrade to another course if they got results the first from the first course, right? So we recommend creating a series of small, highly focused courses that can lead your student upward in your business or ascend them through different price levels up to the high ticket courses or programs should you have any and that really just keeps keeps the momentum and keeps the student moving through the business and becoming once they've i guess bought the second thing from you they're pretty much a customer for life because they've got results they've got a result from you the first from the first thing they bought and that's really so much so different to every other course they've already already bought because everybody here in this call has had that experience of buying something and not getting results buying something and abandoning it and if you can be the course creator that changes that for them, that reframes it to say that, to helps them rewrite their own internal story of, I'm actually, I'm an action taker instead of a person that buys things and doesn't get results, instead of a person that, that can't solve this problem, I'm actually a person that can solve this problem. If you can rewrite that for them, then you will have them for life. I pretty much guarantee it. So that's the first suggestion I have is that solve the simplest valuable problem, the smallest valuable problem that you can for a customer in your course. And then I can move, let me move on to the actual, the platform part of it, because the things that we implement in the platform, really, I like to think of it as little magic dust sprinkles that you can add to a course that will supercharge the engagement from students. So you start with your SVP course, your you know, smallest valuable problem course, you drop the content into Experienceify and it and it works pretty similarly to other platforms. You've got modules. It's a structured with like a, a course, then modules, and then trainings inside with video trainings and things. And what you want to do is use the features that we have developed, like points, for example. You can, uh, people, when they think about gamification, they love the idea and, and they're, they're like, yes, let's gamify. But when you really come down to it, like, how do I do that? That's really where people get stuck. Like, what, what is it really? What are the elements of the gamification that I can practically use in a course? So the first most basic level of gamification is points. And if you look at any app or game out there, they all 
rely on the first thing they do is give you points. As soon as you start the thing up, you've got opportunities to earn points. So that was one of the first thing we took from the app and game world is that we want to give people points as soon as they start, as soon as they enter the course. So we make it very easy for you as the course creator to start awarding points in exchange for the action. Basically, that's gamification in its most basic form. People take action, you give them points. And it may sound simple. I know that. It may sound really, really simple and even trite, to be honest. But until you experience it, you don't know the power of it. Because as soon as you begin to own something or feel that, experience that feeling of ownership, that you started to collect some points, that is when the game changes. And that is when you start to, you have that, oh, I get it moment. When you start to earn points based on taking action, you don't want to stop taking action because it's hard for people to walk away from things that they've earned, from things that they've worked to achieve. So first thing, we, we make it easy for you to assign points or award points in exchange for any kind of action in the course, whether it's related to the training content or whether it's related to even just whitelist our email address or you know, add us to your allow list or join our Facebook group um, or you know, go and fill in this, this student intake form or go and do this thing, the kind of stuff that we all want our students to do before they really start to dive into the content, but we have a hard time getting them to do it. This is the sort of thing you can, you can um, incentivize the people to do with points. And they gladly do the stuff because they're getting points in return. And they probably are thinking like, these points are going to lead to something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the points are just the start of the gamification. They really build and gain in importance as more and more layers of gamification get added in. So you start earning points. And then as well as the points, there are you know custom sound effects that you can add in. So people have that tact that multi-sensory kind of experience of the tactile clicking the points, they see the animations, they hear the auditory feedback. So they've got the three sensory experience of like cha-ching or whatever the sound effect is that you want to use. We've got you know, dozens of different sound effects in the system, but you can actually give them that kind of, wow, what just happened moment. Within the first minute of them joining the course, you can give them that kind of, what the heck just happened moment. And as soon as you can do that with, with a course experience, that's game changing because people, we all think we know what we're going to get when we join a course. And we're all kind of braced for the boring braced for the boredom you know we're braced for like i know this is going to hurt but I'm, I'm i'm going to stick with it until i get the thing at the end and that's that's the experience most courses unintentionally create we call them the the action 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 give up cycle <laughs> and that's what most course creators are asking you to do with their courses they ask you to take action all the way to the end so you can get the reward but most people give up before they get to the end because there's no rewards along the way and that's where games are so brilliant you take action, you get a reward every single time. So we, we teach our users, uh, our, our community to create courses that are actually action reward, action reward, action reward cycles instead. And that's what gives people the, the, gets people into that virtuous cycle of taking action so they can get the reward, taking action reward. And I know, again, it sounds trite, but it really freaking works. It's so powerful. You won't believe it until you try it. Yeah. I mean, even right now I add gamification to my program, but I know that when I add points, 
and those points add up to be rewards, that'll be more valuable. Because right now I have, you know, if you do this do it messy challenge, Mm -hmm. like in the, in the academy or whatever, then they can get a reward that they submit for at the end. But how much better would it be if each of the steps that they took in the challenge to get a little reward of points that then add up to, they get a notebook that says like, do it messy, which is like the name of the challenge or whatever. Mm. They really love it. But they, love have it. To, they have to go through a lot of work before they yeah. even find out that they're mm-hmm. going to get a notebook if they do it. And yeah, so, yeah. yeah, so it's definitely a, it's, it's a game changer, right? Just to consistently be getting rewarded in some way. And it doesn't even do it's not even a burden on the course creator if you're just adding up points to get to a bigger reward because you can mm-hmm. just give away points all day and just set kind of the thresholds as to what triggers a reward, a true reward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you want to you want to reward things that are meaningful. If you just yeah. give rewards for this or this or this or this, it starts to become like a oh you know it's I don't really care. But you want to make things give rewards that are meaningful and also when it comes to badges we have a, a whole sort of custom badge system that allows you to award badges to folks for for achievements within within the platform so you could think of it like once they finish a course they could get an alumni badge or they could get a, an mvp badge for for being a valued contributor in the community those kinds of things but if you're giving badges for for hundreds of things they become again meaningless so you want to reward meaningful things and one thing that we do in our courses is that we give graduation prizes. So that's yet another reason for them to look forward to getting to the end of a course because they know they're going to get a graduation prize when they get to the end. And we know they've gotten to the end when they get a certain amount of points and then we, we actually trigger certain things to happen inside the platform so that we can, we can give them their prize. We actually have, we pop up a, a little box that says, you've, you know, congratulations that, you know, you've, you've, you've got, 300 points now here's your graduation prize and we ask them to type in like what is being in this course meant for you personally we ask them a question that can that will usually turn into a success story yeah. and they type it in and they they submit it and that's how actually how they claim the graduation prize and that is one way that we've generated over 2000 success stories from just one course in our business we give them a graduation prize and we can make it contingent on them submitting a story at the end of the course so it's kind of ninja way to collect testimonials, but people do it voluntarily. And some people submit pages of this has been like the best thing I've ever done kind of stories, which are magic for marketing, as you know. Yeah. So we just make it, we just do it all through the platform. What's your prize? I have one of these too. It's like when you reach your big idol goal, you get mm-hmm. a mug that says Idol Courses Academy on it. It's shipped to them. They post pictures of their mugs. I mean, it really is very exciting because it's a lot. I'd like to thank the Academy. (laughs) Yeah. So what's your prize? I want to know. One of the prizes, I believe we actually got two prizes. I think one of them was in our experience product masterclass, we have trademarked the idea of an experience product, which is kind of like an information product, but it's different. It's like a, an information product, but you, it's, it's an, it creates an experience for students. So it's a different kind of thing. So we trademarked it and then we give our graduates a lifetime license to call their courses an experience product. We give them, we basically send them a trademark, like a lifetime permission to use the trademark kind of certificate in the mail. 
once wow. they submit their story to us. So it's it's really valuable. People yeah. love it and they post photos on the Facebook group of them receiving their certificate and it's a great marketing tool as well. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great gift, right? That they can now, I mean, it's like mm -hmm. they're certified experienced designers now. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And what greater way to create advocates and people go out and spread the word than to do prizes like that, just like the mug. Okay, I want to know. So you have you how long has your platform been around? Since like 2018, 19? Yeah, 2019 is when we released the public, but we've been building this kind of in secret behind closed doors for three years before that. So you've seen even people who are like me who move from one platform to your platform. Can you share a little of your data and insights from seeing other people move from one place to another? Like have you seen their do they report to you that their completion rates go up? And of course mm -hmm. they do. So tell me what those, what are some they do? They do. They do. Even it, for me, the most fun emails to get are the, are the emails from the skeptics, the people that were previously skeptical and they tried this stuff. Like they, they were like, all right, well, let's give it a try. Cause I, I challenged them to prove me wrong. And they, they give it a try. They migrate and they add points and they add celebration, which is you know, like a full screen animation really fun kind of screens that you can trigger as students take action. So it's like a video game where you level up. Every time you go to a new level, you get like a celebration screen, which really celebrates the achievement and the, and the effort. We have Easter eggs, as you mentioned. We have uh, the leaderboards and we have the badges that pop up from time to time that are like you know, surprise badges and things. We have a bunch of different features that we have that all contribute to make a more, more magical experience for the students that they can't really even believe is happening. So I get these skeptics emailing me saying, you were right. I can't believe it. I thought this stuff was stupid. Points, I couldn't care less. I'm very, you know, I'm very uh, internally driven and I've never ever quit a course in my life. I'm like, congratulations, you're one of the 0.001% of the population. I'm happy for you. But the rest of us, it's ha it happens to all of us. So... They write to me and say, I didn't think it would work, but I, I'm getting emails and, and love love notes from students thanking me for doing this because they, they have had such a fantastic, fun, engaging time inside the new version of the course. So, and, and of course, it depends on how much of the platform you, you leverage and how many of the features that you, that you sort of turn on as you migrate over. So even if all you do is add points to a course, we usually see a, like an easy doubling of the student completion rate from before to after. Uh, if you added points and, and just that's doing nothing else. And if you add points and celebrations and the Easter eggs and you turn on what we call binge mode, and that's, that's a fun thing. I'm not going to get into that. And you turn, turn on badges and the community and like the other dozen things that we have, you can go from, I think the, the first time we, we tried a course with all of these things, we ended up with a 76% student completion rate from that course. And I think the results kind of speak for themselves. Oh my gosh. That's the kind of thing I get greedy about completion rates. <laughs> and I think unless you understand the problem, unless you're problem aware, as they call it, where you understand there is a student, there is a completion problem. There is an engagement problem out there with courses right now. And there always has been because they haven't changed in hundreds of years that courses have been done the same way since courses were invented back in the 1900s or whenever. They're all just talking head kind of lecture style things that, that are not 
that don't jive with the way the human brain works. So I think that until you felt the pain of students not completing your courses, like where we were and like you know, you've seen, you don't appreciate the value of the solution. So this is one of the reasons I'm here talking to you and, and your amazing audience is that I'm here to spread the word about this problem. We like to call it the big dirty secret of the online course industry because it's the, it's the, it's the thing that nobody talks about. As you know, all of these course creation gurus who are, who are advertising on Facebook every single day you know, make seven figures with a course, they don't talk about student completion yeah. because they're not, they don't really have the tools to deal with that problem like we do. So we've solved our own problem and we use our own tool every single day in our business. And it's really coming back, benefiting us in just multiple time in multiple ways, because we've gone, we've just spent millions of dollars developing this tool to solve this problem. So that's, I forgot, I forgot what your question was, but that's really the problem that we're solving. And yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, I kind of lost the thread there, but yeah. <laughs> you, you, were, you were still on and you just didn't know you're still hanging on, but. <laughs> I guess the only other thing that I really wanted to know, Murray, because a lot of our audience goes into corporate instructional design and learning design. Yeah. Do you have any companies that use your LMS as a, like a company training platform? Yeah, that's a great question. And we are, we're only just starting to branch out into the the enterprise space. So the companies that are, that are kind of, 10 employees and 20 and a hundred and a thousand we're we're just we're starting to have those that's that size of company reach out to us on a regular basis yesterday i had a call with like a very well-known hotel chain that everyone would know the name and national brands are reaching out to me because they all understand the value of employee engagement with their their onboarding training their skills trainings their learning and development they all want to improve it and they all understand that there's a problem there and they don't know how to fix it. And so they're reaching out to me asking for, first of all, how are you solving it? What, what are the tools that you've, that you've developed for the market? And how can we work together? So in all transparency, you know, we're still having conversations with a lot of companies kind of figuring to figure out what's the best way that XP can work with those bigger companies in order to supercharge their learning and development. But definitely... We are in conversations with a lot of companies right now to help them because they've got the exact same problem that everyone listening right now today has. If you're a solopreneur or a smaller business with you know a couple of hundred students and you have a course that it's not perhaps getting the results that you hoped or expected it would. So yes, definitely we're we're definitely we're branching out, looking in that direction right now. Oh, neat. Okay, so I always ask um, all of our all my guests. What is your best and final advice for those that are new to learning design? And I know you've given a lot of your best advice, but do you have just one more tip that you want to share? Hmm. Learning design. Yeah, like for the newbies. Make it fun. I think that whatever you can do to make it fun, like when I design curriculum, when I do courses, I I feel like I've pioneered a, a new way of doing it in my curriculum design. In the world of NLP, it's called pattern interrupt. You might be aware of that. Basically, a pattern interrupt is where you interrupt a pattern or, a, or a, a pattern that's running in someone's mind. So, for example, when they join a course, there is a there is a, a script or a program running in their heads that's that's telling them what to expect. Like, I'm going to join a course, then I'm going to probably have trouble logging into the course. 
and I'm going to have to reset a password. And then I'm going to not get the email and I'm going to go round and round with the support team for days to get access. And then I'm going to finally get access. And then I'm going to see all this content. And then it's going to be boring AF. Then I'm going to have this script of what's going to happen. And then as they start to watch these trainings, and usually the trainings are talking head, they're training, they're, they're kind of, they're not, they're not really broken up into different interesting kind of segments. They're not like an infomercial in a way. They're more kind of classroom style, if you will. And as soon as we hit play on a video like that, again, the pattern starts to, you know, we, we know what the pattern is. The brain says, so I'm going to be sitting here going like this for the next 40 minutes as this thing progresses and I'm going to have to go and get some coffee to get through this. And then after that, I'm probably going to go away and do something fun for an hour and then try to come back to this. And that's probably never going to happen. So my biggest suggestion to curriculum design folks is pattern interrupt at every opportunity, try and interrupt the pattern that the person is, is expecting. So as an example, one thing that we do with XP is that as soon as a new student joins through our order form, we don't subject them to any of that password, email, customer support thing. We just take them straight into the course. Like they, they hit purchase and then it takes them straight into the homepage of the course saying, you're here. Fantastic. And then once they're in the course, that, that is a pattern interrupt straight away. And then once they're in the course, then we start giving them points straight away. And that's a pattern interrupt. And it's important to understand that when the brain is interrupted, when the pattern is broken, the brain goes into a kind of a hyper alert, hyper engaged state because it's like a fight or flight, no, the, the, like the fight or flight, I guess is the best way to put it, where something happens that you weren't expecting and you're like, what was that? And the brain goes into overdrive trying to explain what just happened to try and put it into a box to try to make a pattern out of it. So we can, because the brain needs to conserve resources that that's you know the brain's job is to fix problems or to to find patterns and then sort of power down to conserve resources so most courses just the brain goes into that resource conservation mode where you're just kind of barely even conscious and you're just watching the video you want to keep students in a hyper alert hyper engaged mode and to, the way to do that is to break a pattern over and over and over every 30 seconds break a pattern and the way you would do that with curriculum design is gamify it you want to have easter eggs that pop up unexpectedly unexpected things break patterns inside the actual training content what i do personally is i use i go to giphy.com g-i-p-h-y.com giphy and i pull like uh, memes from there and, uh, and i pull uh, like tiny bits of movie footage like from from popular movies like your top guns and like i feel the need for speed and i I take appropriate things that kind of fit with what I'm talking about and I pull them into the, the actual training content. So it's not just me talking at the camera. It's if I'm talking about, right, now it's time to really you know, kick this off and then I'll throw in you know, Maverick in there going, I feel the need for speed. And that kind of thing, and I, and I try and do that every 20 seconds or so so that people never know what they're going to get. And when, it's, when things are unexpected, again, you stay in that hyper-engaged mode where you're like, this is great. I haven't really had this much fun or been this engaged in online training in a long time or if, if ever. So that's really my number one recommendation for curriculum design is pattern interrupt. Do whatever you can to break a pattern to keep people engaged and paying attention. 
That is a valuable piece of advice, Murray. Thank you so much. Yeah. Surprise and delight your learners, break their patterns. I think it's, I mean, if they could just even sprinkle, like you said, like the fairy dust of pattern interrupt into their curriculum design, I mean, just a whole nother level of experience for your learners. And so, Murray, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for sharing about, you know, your journey and Experienceify. Everybody should absolutely go check it out. I mean, even if, you know, you're not a digital course content developer or entrepreneur, it's still worth just checking out Experienceify to see the different gamification elements and how they're applied to the platform. I I know it will inspire you in the very least. And so thanks again, Maria. I really appreciate having you. Oh, it's been such a pleasure. And thank you for inviting me. And I've had a great time. Appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening. You can find the show notes for this episode at idlecourses.com. If you like this podcast and you want to become an instructional designer and online learning developer, join me in the Idle Courses Academy where you'll learn to build all the assets you need to land your first instructional design job, early access to this podcast, tutorials for how to use the e-learning authoring tools, templates for everything course building, and paid instructional design experience opportunities. Go to idlecourses.com forward slash academy and enroll or get on the wait list. Now get out there and build transcendent courses.